You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number two. Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Friend of the show, Gene Simmons and Kiss. Oh, yeah. Alex Brody did the interview. I forgot. He is a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Big sports guy. I just, uh, I think the only question Alex maybe should have asked him was, is he going to get buried in a kiss coffin? Because you know you're a fan when. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Me as well. Big time. Let him know. Let him know. Bottom of the hour. uh, We'll recap uh, the Big Flames 4-1 win over the Blues last night. Um, I got a Jacob Markstrom. Dan Vladar stat for you. Oh, okay. That I got from Sportsnet Stats at the bottom of the hour. Got him to work. Later on in the show, we'll talk about a specific brand of bottled water. Mm. And uh, you better think twice before you play pickleball. It's loud. It's all straight ahead on the show. But right now, from the NHL on Sportsnet and on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, we say good morning to David Amber. David, how are you, pal? Good. I'm, uh, I want to hear that pickleball story because people, See, a lot of people are a lot of pickleball. Are you telling me it's bad injuries? Uh, you know what it is, uh, Amber? You know in the business, it's a tease. you got to tune in to later on in the show to listen. That's how it works. All right. Well, hey, you're good at it. I've no, gotten excited now. That and Gene Simmons, you guys are on a bit of a roll yeah. here. I like it. Uh, I have to ask you about baths first, uh, David. <laughs> this is where we're going. Um, I know you're got, you take care of yourself. You, you bang the weights. You work out. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how baths came up at the beginning of the show, but our technical director and producer today, Alex Brody, took a bath last night. But then we had somebody text in, go, hey, uh, you guys clearly don't work out enough. Do the Epsom salt bath to kind of take away the soreness from your workout. When's the last time David Amber's had a bath? <laughs> a bath. Oh, my God. It's been a while. Okay. It has been, it has been a while. However, yeah, I will say I do remember taking an Epsom salt bath, like, I don't know, probably in the last year. And it does, it does sort of just relax the muscles a little bit. And mm. if you have, like... A, an aching back or something. I just shoveled my, my driveway and um, I might have to take it. You've got me thinking about it. Maybe that's how I'll start my weekend off a little Epsom salt bath. There you go. But just as a regular bath, you're not a, like a regular candles, maybe bath bomb kind of guy. <laughs> that's not me, man. Okay. Yeah, I, and the look, and I don't care if someone does that. That's all on them. That's my right. wife loves taking baths. So there you go. There you go. Uh, Alex, our technical director, he loves baths, so that's okay. Um, David, <laughs> got to ask you about the big, sorry, Alex, the big 4-1 win uh, last night uh, for the Calgary Flames. Dan Vladar, again, standing tall for Calgary. Um, do you think there's a goalie controversy here, or do you think this is still totally Jacob Markstrom's team? I think ideally the Flames would like Jacob Markstrom, the, the Vesna finalist guy, to, to be back on track. I think that's what the hope is. But, you know, it's funny. They're, they're maybe trying. It's a little bit of, you know, influence. There's a little bit. Of, mind games is the wrong word, but I think, you know, you hear the postgame comments. Well, it's a big save league, and we got the big saves last night. You know, when you hear postgame comments like that, uh, it makes you think, okay, they're, they're kind of trying to motivate Markstrom. It's been a tough season for him. I mean, let's face it. It's been a tough season for a lot of the top goalies that we're used to seeing. Um, you know, didn't get off to the, the greatest starts, and Markstrom's one of them. So uh, I think ideally, you know, that's the guy you want to ride on. And and it's not the worst scenario. Like here, I'll, I'll liken it back to 2018. Braden Holpe, just like Markstrom, you know, Vesna caliber goalie, um, you know, a guy who you could throw in there 60-plus starts for a number of years. 
And then he struggled a bit in that 2018 year for the Capitals. And it was kind of him and Grubauer sharing the net by the end. And it was actually Philip Grubauer who started the first two playoff games. And think about that. Then the Caps went on this epic run and, and they put Holpe back in that and they went on this great run and, and they won a Stanley Cup. So, you know, it's not the worst thing to face some adversity. It's just as long as, you know, it's difficult, though. We see Seattle's on this epic run, and Calgary needs to make the playoffs. But I do think in their heart of hearts, it's going to be, if they're going to have a deep playoff run, it would hopefully be with Jacob Markstrom sort of being Jacob Markstrom. David, are you seeing signs that the Flames might be not back to exactly where they were last year? Because you can't get back there with the changes that happened. But do you see signs that they're back to being able to maybe score up front at a rate that is equal to the NHL, and that would give them a better opportunity to kind of make some hay up in the back half of the season here? Uh, You know, it's a bit early for that. And what I mean is what I want to see, and I said this on another show, I think yesterday, you know, talking about the Flames, I, I want to see them rattle off five, six, seven, eight straight solid games, hopefully wins, points in all those games. You know, we're seeing all the top teams do that. They get on this hot streak, and we've seen it from basically every team. You know, Boston hasn't stopped. Calgary hasn't won more than, I believe, three games in a row all season. I think they've only done that twice. You'd have to double-check that, but I'm pretty sure that's the situation. There just hasn't been – there's been a lack of consistency. So I don't want to look at last and go, hey, they scored four goals. You know, they're back. Their offense is back. There's certainly some signs that are pointing to guys being more comfortable and they've, you know, integrated different players. I love the Walter Dewar story. I mean, or Walker Dewar story. I think that's fantastic. I love those stories where a guy fought tooth and nail and, you know, goes undrafted, doesn't give up on the dream and finds success, scores that first goal. I think that's awesome. Um, But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't categorize the Flames as a team, you know, offensively the way they were last year, where there was just, they, they had a lot of legitimate threats. They were a dynamic offensive team they haven't been dynamic this year and they haven't been consistent this year so that's what i'd be looking for to see a little bit of them gaining that identity back and gaining the consistency back and i don't even think to be honest with you guys i don't even think the flames need to be a high scoring team i think they almost want to be more like the jets who i would consider just a team they grind you and they're hard to play against and i think that was maybe the identity of calgary in previous seasons more so than this year um, but that's something they maybe can regain. Just the team, you know it's going to be a fight every night. Every puck battle is going to be a battle. And you know you're going to have to be ready for it. So I think that's the identity that they should probably try and strive to to get back to. Rasmus Anderson and Noah Hannafin have been the, the top pair for this Flames team for, for years at this point. Where do you think they rank across the NHL as far as some of the, the top pairs in the league? Huh. Well, that's a great question. I mean, you obviously look at the, you know, Colorado and Makar and Taves and, you know, there's, you know, Petrangelo and Theodore when they're together. I mean, there's certainly some really good duos out there, um, but they're, they're, they're good. I mean, I'm a huge Rasmus Anderson fan and I think he's a guy, he just brings so many different dynamics there and uh, he plays hard. He uh, plays the right way, you know, to use that cliche, he just, I think he grinds you really hard, and I think Hannafin's one of those underrated guys who flies a bit under the radar. I mean, here's a top-five pick, uh, a guy who's you know plays heavy minutes against the other team's best players. I really do think they're a dynamic duo back there, and I think you know that, again, when I go back to saying the Flames' identity, you want it to be this team that's hard to play against. When you look at Rasmus Anderson, Noah Hannafin, those are two guys that exemplify that skill, but also a grit and 
um, you know, really an unafraid, uh, you know, nature to the way they play the game. And I think that's really important. I know Keith Handel is really good friends with Noah Hannafin, and he's on our Monday night uh, show. He talks about Hannafin. He goes, you know, he's one of those sort of under-the-radar tough guys. And I said, really? And he said, oh, yeah. He goes, you know, when we're working out in the summers, um, he does a lot of boxing. He goes, Hannafin's the kind of guy. He doesn't – he has a long fuse, but, it, you know, when it, when it strikes, he's ready to go. So it's funny. I think there's a lot of uh, different elements to Hannafin and to Anderson's game, and I think uh, they are an elite duo, and that's probably sort of along, you know, with Tanev and – uh, that's and and solid goaltending. That really is the identity of this team. Like you're going to have to go through us to get past us, and I think that's a, not a bad identity to have come playoff time. David Amber, Hockey Night in Canada, the NHL and Sportsnet, joining us here on the Big Show, Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960 on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Saw a surprising stat last night. Really not surprising if you're a Calgary Flames fan, uh, David. But most losses, blown leads uh, in the NHL. Uh, the Sharks, number one, 18 losses after. Blowing a lead, which is just mind blowing, and then it's uh, the Flames and the Penguins tied with thirteen each. How surprising that both of those teams are second in the league with blown leads leading to losses. Yeah, a little bit surprising. I mean, I think again, Calgary has played more one goal games than any team in the league, if I'm not mistaken. As of Tuesday, that was the case. They played more one goal games, and they had lost the majority of them. I, I can't. Remember, I think it was like ten, seven, and seven, or something along those lines. And you thought, you, you think of to yourself, like, man, if some of those games had gone the other way, they could be sitting in a, such a different position. Um, it is surprising. But that's sort of the nature of the league, right? Like, I, I did the game Tuesday night with Luke Gazdick, and we're watching the Flames have this comfortable, seemingly comfortable 3-1 lead going into the third. Everything's fine. And then they lose in overtime. And they're one of six teams to blow a multi-goal lead on that night. I mean, this is just sort of the new age of the NHL. Um, you know what it used to be? Used to, teams used to have fourth, for, in part of it, to me at least, teams used to have these fourth lines that were very defined, you know, checking lines or enforcer lines or whatever the case, the policing lines. That's not the case. Like, a fourth line can score now. You could send out your fourth line. I'm not saying you're going to send them out every fourth shift, but you could send them out and feel confident that you have skilled players that are capable of scoring goals. So I think the dynamics changed. The rules have changed to increase scoring. We're seeing the highest scoring since 1995. And that being the case, I think, you know, a team has a one or two goal lead. It's not insurmountable anymore the way it used to be. So it is shocking that the Flames and, and a team like the Penguins are near the top of the league when it comes to blowing leads. But it, it, the dynamic in the NHL has changed so much as well, George. So I think that's part of the equation here. David, wanted to ask you about one of the teams that the Flames are chasing. And you would have saw them Monday night on the broadcast uh, beat the Canadiens mm-hmm. for nothing. Then they go into Buffalo and they win. And then yesterday, a 3-0 win for the Kraken over the Bruins, handing the Bruins their first regulation loss at home. Um, What are you seeing from the Kraken this year that tells you that this team could actually make some noise when the playoffs come around? Yeah, they're starting to make a believer out of me. I really was kind of dismissing them because I was looking at their save percentage near the bottom of the league, their PK near the bottom of the league, their shooting percentage near the top of the league. And I just sort of said, these things are going to even themselves out. And then you start to watch them a little bit closer and, you know, more closely. And it, it, it's, I don't want to say they're Vegas 2.0, but they're, they're moving in that direction, right? They seem to have this, this group of characters without these superstars, and they feel it's galvanized them in some way, weird way. I, I've described this team as a team without a first line 
and really without a fourth line. They kind of have a four, second, and third lines, right? They have all these guys who aren't overwhelming, but they can all play. And then you have this young, burgeoning superstar in Matty Veneer. So it's just working for them. And Martin Jones, you know, he's underwhelming in, in a way, but he's making the big save at the big time. And you kind of go, wow, like, that's what you need. It's, it's the Grant Fuhr school of goaltending. It's not, I'm not going to make every save. And I might give up a few, but when you really need the save, I'm going to be that guy. And I think somehow that's working for them right now. So it's, it's been really fun to watch. Uh, you know, Ron Francis actually put it in, in good terms, guys. Like I look at it as, oh, well, they added Burakovsky. They added Bjorkstrand. Yeah, okay, they're a little bit better. He looks at it as Schwartz missed almost all of last year. Yeah. Matty Benier's only played 10 games for us last year. Uh, we had a whole assortment of injuries last year. And so it's not that we added – two or three guys it's like really we've added six or seven guys and that's where i think their strength is they have incredible depth uh everyone seems to have bought into how they're going to play very protect the the net and protect the net you know don't give up a lot and then have these great rush opportunities opportunities and everyone seems to be buying in and there's maybe fewer egos which is something we heard back with the 2018 vegas team in their inaugural season when they got to the cup final was there were a bunch of guys that were like, well, we're a bunch of outcasts. Everyone just let us get picked up in the expansion draft. So let's, let's, you know, be galvanized by that and let's come together. And that was their identity. And it seems like Seattle's taken on a little bit of that same adage of like, yeah, no one wanted us. We're together. We're in this. We don't have a bunch of guys making eight and nine million. Like screw the rest of the league. We're a good team. And it seems to be working right now. It's actually really cool to see. Uh, David, um, can you explain to me why the Vancouver Canucks would fire Bruce Boudreaux and what would that actually accomplish? Because I can't figure it out. I don't know. I, you know, they're the most confounding team in the whole. <laughs> like, and and I'm like I'm. It's the guys laugh at me because I'm like Mr. Canada. I root hard for every Canadian team. I just feel like, you know, at my age, I grew up watching Canadian teams win the Stanley Cup on a fairly consistent basis between the Canadians and the Oilers. And when the flames got their cup of obviously in 89. And then we've just been, it's been 30 years now of American based teams winning. And I kind of keep saying, well, when's the Canadian team going to win? So I root really hard for the Canadian teams, but it's completely, I'm dumbfounded by what's happened in Vancouver. Um, and it's not their record. It's just how every, it's just been this weird soap opera all season long. Right. And, Maybe the writing was on the wall that very first game. They had a 3 nothing lead versus Edmonton. We were just talking about blowing leads. They blow that lead. They lose that game. They lose their first seven games. And then, you know, it's just been a bad soap opera. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think they've waited. Not they've waited too long, but, like, if they were going to remove Boudreau and all signs indicated that was going to be the case, what, a month ago, six weeks ago? You know, when Jim Rutherford was, was saying, you know, we don't have structure, and I didn't like how we were in training camp, and he was saying all these things that were quite – you know, not even didn't not even veiled, but pretty you know pointing a finger at, at the lack of structure and coaching on the team, and then they didn't do anything. So I'm not quite sure what the plan is, and you know whether it's a financial decision or not. I don't know. To me, I'm I'm never in the of the in the camp of let's fire a coach. I'm in the camp of hey, there's this other coach available who we think will be fantastic, so we're making a move. So unless there's that other coach available who we think is fantastic, Barry Trotz or whomever, you know, Claude Julian or whoever, they, I don't know who they're thinking, right? Mike Babcock, whatever, I don't know, or some young up-and-coming guy. Um, you know, I don't see the sense in it. So I'm like you. I'm a bit kind of sitting here saying, 
you know, what's going to happen. We're all waiting for something to happen, but it's been just such a, it's just been such a, a mess in Vancouver this year. It's sad to see. The scratching of Oliver Ekman Larson, the just the latest in, in kind of this soap opera, did anything from that maybe surprise you or stand out to you? Well, <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. You never want to guess. You know, I'm not in the business of trying to guess what, what goes into it. I mean, I watched Vancouver play on Tuesday, and not only did they blow a 3 nothing lead, I mean, against Pittsburgh, they, they could have given up 9 or 10 goals. It was one of the worst defensive performances I've seen from a team this year. And, and Luke Gazdick and I were watching the game, and we were like, oh, my God. I mean, they were getting caved in, you know, 45-second shifts stuck in their zone where the puck didn't end up in their net, and it should have. So uh, it could have been worse. So I guess there had to be some movement. But you wonder, you know, you do wonder if, if part of it is to point a finger a little bit. You know, Bruce Boudreaux's been under attack a little bit, maybe from the management side of things, that, you know, well, we took over this team and Bruce was the coach. We didn't handpick him, which is very true. Um, and maybe this is a way to sort of say to management, look, you know, you, you've saddled me with some of these players and these incredibly huge contracts. It's not working. It's as much the personnel that I'm having to deal with as it is my coaching. So it's just... It's, it's a bit of a mess. Um, but yeah, when you're scratching a guy who's under contract at seven plus million a year till 2026, that's not a, that's not a great sign for any team. So that's the latest in the long line of craziness that we've seen there. Uh, David, we're hearing lots of reports that Toronto's going to get the 2024 All-Star game in place of a World Cup. Yeah, that's great. Toronto's getting an All-Star game. Who really cares about the All-Star game? But how frustrating is this? Like, you see all these young, exciting American players. We just talked about Cole Caulfield, Tage Thompson's setting the world on fire. Connor Bedard going to be playing for Team Canada sooner than later. Can we please get a best-on-best Canada versus U.S. game? Like, what the hell is taking so long? Oh, George, listen, you're preaching to the choir. I um, I, I think this is a, such a... Uh, sadly missed opportunity and i know there's issues with the ioc and the olympics wasn't going to work out and then there's you know been issues whether it's with the whole russia situation to get a world cup together but man it's it's really sad to think you know we're missing out on a few really key things we're never going to ideally you know see mcdavid and crosby together um which would have been amazing. Certainly, you know, if it happens in three years, you know, Crosby's what, going to be 38 or 39 at the time. It's just going to feel different than now. And, you know, the idea, as you said, like the Americans, my God, right, between Kyle Connor and Jason Robertson and, and Eichel and, you know, they have such an, you know, and you mentioned Caulfield, they have such a great group of, of young, talented Americans it would actually be really interesting to see. I also would love to know who would be Canada's starter in net. Like that, you know, that's really funny. Like who would be the number one guy for Canada? I was thinking about this and having this conversation with some of the guys uh, on set, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago. And we're sitting there like, I don't know. Like, do you guys, who, who would even be Canada's starter at this point? Tristan uh, Jari? Kemper. I don't know. Ugh. Kemper? Really? He won a Stanley Cup. So that's where I oh, go. Yeah. But, but really, you look at the market for Canadian goalies and it is... It's thin. David makes a really good point. It is thin. Like it's him. It's like Jari Hart, Mark on. You've got like a big stink face on George. Like it's not ideal. No, it's not Andy ideal. Blackwood. Like yeah. there's, there's, there's a bunch of guys who could be sensational, but it also could be, you know, like, look at what the Americans can trot out there. You know, you know wait a minute. I guess we're forgetting Logan Thompson's Canadian, isn't he? Sure is. Sure. So, Calder trophy maybe. favorite. At this point, it might be Logan Thompson. So, 
uh, maybe he would fill that void. But there's just so many good storylines. And, and you're right. I was just thinking about this. I mean, the last time we had best on best was 2016. And we all remember how exciting that was, right? Like, remember that young, the young North American team or whatever that uh, John Cooper was coaching? And um, I mean, it was, that was unbelievable. That was an incredible, you know, with, they had McKinnon and McDavid and all these guys and Matthews all together. Um, it, it's just, it, it would be really, really special at this point where, you know, the McDavid's and the Matthews are essentially in their prime to be going head to head would be so good. And yeah, I, I honestly, I think of like the two Kachuk brothers on a line, let's say with Tage Thompson. Oh my God. Like there are so many different yeah. things that can happen for that American team. It would be really interesting and exciting and we'd love to see it. And in a way we're getting robbed of that, unfortunately, but I, I'm hopeful you know, something could be done sooner than later. And maybe it's not going to be 24, maybe it'll be 25, but Man. we're, uh, we're running out of real estate. Like you said, George. Yeah. Let, let's get this best on best going. Uh, David Amber, hockey night in Canada, the NHL on Sportsnet. Terrific stuff. Dave, thanks for this. Yeah, guys, anytime. Have a great weekend and uh, let's see how the flames can do this weekend. Hopefully a couple more wins. Uh, hopefully. Uh, thanks, David. Uh, David uh, Amber on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline, dine in pickup or have your game day special delivered. Find out why Atlas Pizza is a 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner. 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast or call 403-248-3344. Yeah, let, let, let's, can we get our S together here? Like NHL, IIHF, IOC, whatever needs to happen. Like, look, everybody, myself included, was crapping on the fact. Well, we know that, you know, disgusting corruption was the reason why Qatar got uh, the World Cup in Russia and, before and, that, and played, yeah, and played in the middle of the winter uh, when it should be played in the middle of the summer. But one incredible theater, like Lionel Messi leading Argentina to the title over France, and what was an incredible match. Can we please get back to best on best here in the NHL? Like, wh- where's all these great international memories? W- World Juniors, super fun, overtime win, gold medal, get all of that. But yeah, let's see that stacked American team against the Canadian team. Let's see the blockbuster goaltending Russia has, which is Sturkin and Vasilevsky. Like, let's see all of this against Canada. And yeah, that's the only perceived weakness Canada does have is in goal, but the roster is just gross from top to bottom. Like, let's see this best-on-best tournament. Let's see McDavid and Bedard potentially play together on the same line. Can we see all of this, please? We went through um, the exercise on December 30th. I came in and, and uh, with Patty and Logan, and we did our Team Canada, what we would do if the tournament was this week. And it's just such a fun exercise to do, but then at the end, I feel so empty because I know that it's not going to come to fruition, and I wouldn't actually get to see this. And it sucks even more because, you know, certain things, like, oh, yeah, like, having a million dollars, that's a great dream for me but that's never going to be attainable whereas watching best on best hockey should be attainable that's why that one stinks because it should be attainable and it's just not and the reason the reasons feel silly stupid yeah again uh i'm an olympics guy uh, I, I I enjoy the Olympics. I think it should be best on best at mm-hmm. the Olympics. I think that's the best stage for yeah, it. Sure. But at this point, I'll even take a World Cup. At this point, I would take Canada, USA in a best of three, Sweden, Finland in a best of three, and the winners face off against each other. At this point, yeah, I it, would take that. Sure, but it can't be... No, it has to be tournament style to me. It can't be like 
forced. It has to be a World Cup or an Olympics. It can't be like, you know, when the, when the women's America and Canada play together, it's a best of, you know, three and they play wherever. And that's fun to watch. Sure, I get it. But it doesn't have the same juice as a Olympics or a World Cup. You might it have, has to be one of those. You might have trouble getting guys to actually participate. Right. It has to be legit. But my point being, even that I, is something I would like to see. Just to see one, literally one game yeah. would be something. It, it's not the best case scenario, but at this point, that's where I'm at. Like, that's, I don't know, it makes me sad every time we talk about you, it. You want to compromise? It's like talking about the new building. Do you I want to compromise? Get, oh. Do you want an idea? Something sure. that could actually work? Hit me. What about putting the hockey tournament in the 2024 Summer Olympics in Paris? Well, moving hockey to the Summer Olympics has been a conversation before because that way you could actually have NHLers there. And technically you don't play hockey outside. I get outside, it. It's the Summer so. Olympics. I get it. But but maybe you can make that work. And I know the basketball tournament's the highlight of the Olympics. That oh, on the 100 meter. When, when the Americans just destroy everybody. Just destroy everybody. But nah. why not the Summer Olympics? I don't have a problem with it. That could work. I don't care. If it's in the summer. Because it's been so long. Now, the question is, like, and I know how you feel about the World Juniors, but you compare the World Juniors and what they had in the summer to what they had in the winter, and it wasn't even yeah, close. No, no, but that but that tournament was different because of the circumstances surrounding it, because it was canceled. You think that you because it would be the first one in forever, it would be Right, a people will be all over mm-hmm. it. Uh, it's from July 26th to August, for, uh, August 11th, 2024. Perfect time. Right after the Stanley Cup's awarded and right around, oh no, July 26th. So about a month after the Stanley Cup's been handed out. Yep. You're after free agency. You've done all of that type of stuff. Yep. And then the players would have some time off before training camps. Because you said it ends early August. August 11th. Well, yeah. You could could make it work. If you can just get past the whole playing hockey in the Summer Olympics thing. Who cares? It's still an no, Olympic I tournament. I don't care. Exactly. Move Doesn't it. that make the most sense? Yeah. And it it's next has. summer. Do it. Do it, IOC. Dare you. They won't. Dare you, cowards. But there you go. There, there, There's a potential solution. You don't have to shut the league down for yeah. two weeks. Gary doesn't have to worry about his revenue and hockey-related revenue. The IOC can, I'm sure, make a lot of money. I'm sure everybody would be invested in this tournament, too. And you can stagger the two, basketball and the hockey tournament. Like, you have the hockey tournament the first week, the basketball in the second week. Exactly. You can do that. Yeah, 100%. We see events start before the actual opening ceremonies all the time. Right. And if you feel like because you're the hockey and you're being shoehorned in and you have to start the tournament like a couple days before the Olympics actually start, I don't see a problem with that. And because it's been so long. And then you get to hand out like a humongous medal just a couple days in the Olympics and really build some hype, and then you pass it off to the, the basketball. Sure. Sure. I'm in. The only thing you have, the only hurdle you have to get past is will the IOC want to allow hockey in the Summer Olympics? Ice hockey, as they call it. You want to write a strongly worded letter? Um, maybe with a lot of capitals. Um,. I find the capitals. I'm just detract. saying, there's a potential solution right there. Yep, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure the rinks in Paris. Uh, could you find a rink to host the Olympic tournament? I'm sure you could. They have. They could French hockey over there. Yeah, sure. yeah, 100. percent There you You'd go. Be able to find a spot. 
there's a solution for you. Look at us. I think it's a dumb idea by idea, me. Idea, guys. I don't, I don't think it's the worst idea. It's dumb, but I, think, I don't think it's the worst. You know what's the worst idea? Having no best on best yes! for over a decade. Right. That's a bad idea. Put it, in, put it in next summer in Paris. Let's do it. Not that hard. You don't Figure have to shut out, the guys. league down. Everyone's a winner. Much like the Calgary Flames last night who won 4-1 in St. Louis against the Blues. Oh, just we'll talk about You guys see that? Did you guys catch that segue in the other that room? That was That was pretty good. That was not bad. Um we'll talk about the Flames win. I got a Vladar and Markstrom stat for you I want to share cuz I thought, "Huh, maybe there's something to this." There wasn't, but I'm going to share <laughs> you the stat anyway. Uh we'll talk about a specific brand of bottled water mm. and later on in the show, uh, What does you, taste different? We'll talk about it. And later on in the show, um, you better think twice before playing pickleball. Yeah, you better. You better. You watch yourself. Text line wide open to 960-960, name and location, please. Does this still feel like Jacob Markstrom's team to you? Does it? That's all straight ahead. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960, the fan, coming to you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio. Everything basementy since 1992, serving Calgary in southern Alberta. The top of the hour, Mike Heika, senior staff writer, DallasStars.com. We'll tee up the Stars and Flames tomorrow. Check the time. Noon start tomorrow. Put some Noon. coffee on. Get a little brunch in you. Yeah. A couple of mimosas. Maybe, maybe a, liqui- a Caesar or two. Liquid lunch A little bit of a shaft. Yes, sir. Then you got a double header of football. Yeah, that's the point. Like, Sports porn tomorrow. I make told sure you. you pace yourself. It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Or what? You can, you know, go hard on the Flames game, <laughs> sleep through the Seahawks and, and Niners, and then wake up for the Jags and Chargers refreshed. Except the Seahawks and 49ers might be a game worth watching now that it's rainy. Well, yeah. And and again, they're division foes playing for the third time this season. There'll be a lot of juice. Or in how that about game. this? Just get yourself a good sleep tonight. Yeah. Lie low tonight? Maybe watch a little little television, a little Netflix. Okay. 9.30, roll in. Yeah. Up, 9:30. 8.30. Nice 11-hour snooze. Yeah. Maybe uh, a quick run around the block, mm-hmm. a little brunch, and then settle in the couch for the uh, 10-hour shift of sports. Not that anybody cares, but I went to bed at like a reasonable time last night. Mm-hmm. Was it was like ten o'clock, quarter to ten when I went to bed. Wow! So I'm like I'm tired. I'm gonna try to get some sleep. Good for you. So I'm sleeping. I'm like, I, and then I kind of wake up to look at the clock. I go, I must have slept for like five hours. It was ten fifteen. It was a half an hour. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like my sleep is so was, messed. Yep. Yep. And now I'm gonna go home and crush like a five hour nap after this. See, show. that's the problem. You have to limit your daytime naps. No, but they're too sweet. It is hard to. Yeah. Yeah. Put the shade down. It's dark in my room. My problem is like usually my alarm goes off. My dog will be like, oh, now it's time to like snuggle up. And I'm like, well, there's another hour. Yeah. Shut it down. Um, Flames with a big 4-1 win last night over the St. Louis Blues. Dan Vladar standing tall, making 25 saves. Thought he was fantastic in the first period last night as well. We're still taking your text messages to 960-960 name and location. Does this still feel like Jacob Markstrom's team? Um, was watching the game last night and thought of this. I'm like, huh. I go, this is, of course, recency bias, prisoner of the moment stuff last night. But I'm like, I wonder what Dan Vladar's stats are after a Flames loss. Sure. Because I feel like he's been really good 
After the Flames lose, you get Vladar on there. Maybe Markstrom struggled, shuts the door, picks up a win for the Calgary Flames. I'm like, I bet you his numbers are pretty good. So I got Sportsnet stats on the case. Yeah, they're okay. Okay. Uh, Vladar is 4-3-1 after a loss. Mm-hmm. 277 goals against. 908 save percentage. Those are meh. Those are basically league average numbers. Uh, like, they're nine, okay. 908 is not terrible, but... It's not spectacular. Not spectacular. It's not league's best. It could be better. Yeah. I don't know if I'm surprised or shocked by those numbers necessarily. Um, like the elite guys, like I remember when Mika Kiprasov was here, if he got pulled or he had a bad game, the next game was for sure a win, maybe even a shutout. And he would usually go on a run of like three or four dynamite games before he settled into his normal awesomeness. Mm -hmm. That is the showing of a truly elite goaltender. And Dan Vladar feels like he does that when the Flames need him to. He goes in and he gives them a chance. And and there's never, you haven't really felt like there's been a game that he's given away all season long. The numbers don't shock me there. Markstrom following a loss. Okay. Uh, Six, four, and five which is five overtime or shootout losses. Yeah. Um, almost an identical goals against 279 to Vladar's 277. And his save percentage, pretty close, 897. Just below 900. Yeah. Which is like the Mendoza line yeah. for NHL goal time. 100%. <sighs> yeah, like when you say the numbers, I, I my first thought is not good enough. Yeah. But at the same time... I think it's it's a little bit of a a microcosm of a stat that you'd really have to dive into a little bit more. Um, it's tough because when you lose, you want to go into that next game and you want to have a lot of trust in your goaltender. And there's been a lot of instances where early on in the first period, there's been maybe a gaffe that has kind of taken the trust out pretty quick. And, and that's always tough. Or it's just been the start of any one of the periods. Like you look at the last two games against St. Louis and those early goals in the third period, those are backbreakers. Mm-hmm. You've just spent 18 minutes in your room talking about how you got to shut this thing down 20 more miles, just got to hold on, just can't let them score one more, two more, and then boom, boom, both games, before you got to the three-minute mark, he was tied up. And you're kind of sitting there slack-jawed, what just happened? Now, the Flames did show they kind of Learned to handle the moment. They were able to get the regulation win in the second matchup, but it's been a an interesting case study all season long. Uh, Darren and Drumheller. Uh, no, it isn't Markstrom's team. You could see how they played last night. The team doesn't cringe every time there's a shot on net. The trust Dan back uh, more. That's just please a spell check. Uh, they trust Dan back there more. Uh, too many easy goals, let it in early with Markstrom, and brings the team down. There is something to be said, and that was something that's plagued Markstrom this season, uh, letting in the first shot on goal this year. That's obviously, again, you don't want to play psychologists too much, but that's tough for a team to overcome when the first shot on goal goes in, especially if it's a softy. Well, and especially when it happens more than once. Yeah. Right? Like, if you have that happen once a season, I think that's pretty average. Once or twice a year where your goalie gives up the shot on the first one because either your team's not ready or whatever it may be. Now, granted, like, those early goals are tough because a lot of times you look at the the defensive structure off the opening draw and you go, they just weren't ready. 
he just nobody picked up their man. Nobody knew what they were doing, and the puck ended up in the back of the net. That happens multiple times, and felt like that was kind of the case yesterday with the Noel Chari goal early on in the third period. There a couple of tough bounces, sure, but at the same time, you kind of got to loop it all together. So it's been a bit of a grind for them, really, overall the entire season when you talk about trying to get past that first goal and having momentum go different ways for you. Like, the one word I would choose to describe kind of the emotion around the team this season has been frustrating. Hmm. When you talk about one-goal games, you feel like you're so close to having in a lot of these, even just a point, yep. or then you get to regular or you get to overtime and you feel like you should be a lot better there and you keep losing in overtime. That's frustrating. They haven't had nearly as healthy as a team that they had last year, so they've been moving up and down across the lines. That's frustrating. There's just been a lot of things that haven't necessarily worked in their way. But all that being said, still in a playoff spot. Um, Justin in Medicine Hat. Good morning, fellas. Watching Vladar's last six starts, he's been very consistent. Do you think it's time to give the ball to Vladar and let him run with it? Markstrom has been better, but still lacks that consistency. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with letting Vladar run with it a little bit here. And I know people, right away, the contract talk gets into everything we do, especially mm-hmm. in the NHL. Well, that guy makes X number of dollars. That's why the Oliver ekman Larson scratch last night is so jarring because that dude makes so much money for so many more years with the Vancouver Canucks. But right now, today, this morning, and this is something we talked about earlier on in the season, Dan Vladar gives you a better chance to win a hockey game. He does. And you know what? When you're talking about the contract... And I'm not saying it's a giant gap between the two guys. And you're not even but saying... But this morning, January 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, Vladar gives you a better chance to win. And you're not saying when the playoffs arrive. You're saying this here today, as of right now. Right. As in a, a tomorrow's lot- game against the Stars, Dan Vladar gives you a better chance to win, in my opinion. And the thing is, we've seen this before this season already where Jacob Markstrom struggled and Daryl Sutter said, okay, Dan, here's five, six starts for you. Is it out of the realm of possibility that that happens again? I don't think so at all. Because this is a guy that the team gave an extension to. They signed him to for two more years at 2.2 per. They said, you've shown us enough. We think you can take it another step. We want you to continue to be here. Mm-hmm. And if he gets a little bit more of an opportunity where for two weeks he holds the in air quotes, starters title. I don't think that's a bad thing for really anybody involved. We saw how Jacob Markstrom handled it last time. It went well. Garth in Red Deer County. Flames will get caught with, quote, big save Dave situation if they rely on Dan V. Markstrom is number one. The team playing in front of him is the biggest issue, not the goaltending. That's, that's, just, that's just true anywhere in the NHL. If the team plays tighter, defense, tighter defensively in front of you, obviously it's going to benefit your goaltender. Duh. Yeah, but then the other thing, too, is you look back at that second goal that gave the Blues life to start the loss back on Tuesday. That is an outside shot into the crest. Yep. That needs that, that play has to be killed right there, mm-hmm. especially because moments prior, Adam Rzichka gets tied up in the neutral zone doesn't get to the bench quick enough. Nazem Kadri's chasing the guy back to the net. He's a step behind him. Like that puck cannot bounce into the slot. And it's just been some type of rebound control. And and like we've said about Markstrom, 
Like there will be games where he'll let in a stinker and then he'll make three or four dynamite saves to keep the Flames at least within a goal yep. for the rest of the contest. And sometimes their their forwards have. I just think sometimes we really pile on Markstrom and it's a lot. And like when you came here. What was the one thing I said about this market and the one thing that, that people get very angry about very Goaltending. Right away. And we're seeing that once again. Um, it's easy to point at, right? I think that this is a team that has other issues around it. Yeah, it hasn't been where it was last year. He was a Vesna runner-up last year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I still trust him more than a lot of guys across the NHL. Like, you look across the entire NHL, how many guys would you rather have than Jacob Markstrom? You probably can't get past your second hand. And this is a league where there's only 64 of those jobs. To have someone in the top 10 of those 64 players, mm-hmm. that's someone you want to have on your team. Well, let's let's not forget um, the big saves Vladar made last night, especially the breakaway great. on Saad. That was an enormous save. Yeah. Big save in a big situation. And he's done a good job of, for lack, go back to what I just said, killing plays. Yeah. Like after the breakaway, there was no I, chaos after. It was right into the corner. Things were okay after that. I, I just wanted to just wanted to mention one more thing before we get to uh, bottled water, which is so important. <laughs> um, everybody keeps saying this is Markstrom's team and come playoff time. Why does that have to be the case? If Dan Vladar is playing spectacular here in the second half of the, why couldn't he start game one of the playoffs? I I don't disagree with that. Like, I know, but that's like everyone's like, you know, you, you, you well, don't criticize Marstrom because it's his team and come playoff time. They need to really Marstrom. And David Amber just told us that at the top of the hour. But if Dan Vladar is playing great hockey for the Flames, why is it out of the realm of possibility that that guy would start game one of the playoffs? I don't think it's out if of the, he's that good. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility right now. Like the thing for me is <laughs> Jacob Markstrom, I I feel like he's going to be able to find a way to get back to his game. I do too, but if the playoffs started today, who's playing game 1? Probably Dan Vladar. You think so? You think they'd still go Vladar? If if the playoffs started tomorrow, given tomorrow. how the last In week Dallas. is gone, yeah. And they're going to Dallas. I'd probably start with Dan. Or Ladar. it's Markstrom and the leash is super short. It's game one of the playoffs. I, mm. I think it's Markstrom, but the leash is super short. I could see it going either way. Probably, but but again, that's that's kind of what I just want to say is everyone's saying, well, it's Markstrom's team, and once he once the playoffs start, well, why does that have to be the case? If this guy's playing incredible hockey. Like he he will start. I think it's just the idea like, that he's the guy that's been in the league for the while. He's yeah. the one who's proven himself. So everyone kind of points it to being that way. Like, but like David brought up in our chat when he brought up the Braden Holtby example, it's a great example. Grubauer started the postseason that year. Eventually gave it over to Braden Holtby when he didn't have it in the postseason because that is a humongous stage. Same thing with the Penguins with Matt Murray and Mark Andre Fleury. Bingo. It happens exactly. This is a luxury for the Flames to have two guys and potentially another guy in the system Dustin who could Wolf. be a starting goaltender in the National Hockey League. A woo. Busy hour in the eight o'clock hour. Mike Heika, DallasStars.com. Derek Cool is the play-by-play voice of the Calgary Flames, and you better think twice before you play pickleball. Big Show, Russell and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.